This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings and I am your host. On this episode, we're going to talk about mental health and boundaries with licensed mental health counselor Amber Diamond Green and trauma informed consultant Lexi Smith. Hope you enjoy the show. This is the mental health and boundaries session. A brief trigger warning. These scenarios are based on true events, but we are not disclosing personal information. If you are going to share comments, make sure that you are mindful of the details that could possibly be triggering to others. So I want to introduce to you our two hosts. They are Amber Diamond Green and Lexi Smith. Amber, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Amber Diamond Green. Um, I'm a mental health counselor um, and a um, therapist at um, Matthews Counseling in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I have been a teacher previous to my counseling years, but I have been counseling full-time for the last five years. I work mostly with children, teenagers, young adults, and um, moms, and I do some family work as well. Um, I'm excited to talk to you guys today about boundaries in the um, Christmas time holiday season world, as well as just kind of talk through what mental health can look like um, in its in its beautiful, beautiful, complex ways um, around the holiday season, and hopefully give you some tips on how to make sure that you are feeling mentally healthy and um, able to navigate your situations throughout Christmas. And we are so glad to have you with us. Lexi, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Uh, my name is uh, Lex and I am a trauma-informed consultant based on really a very long uh, traumatic personal history that has driven me into a lot of research and education that I now bring back into many spaces. And, um, boundaries is something that, you know, as a survivor, I personally have had to battle with currently past and forever. Cause I think it's a, it's an ongoing thing that we evolve through. And so I'm really excited to be here with you guys to talk about what that looks like during the holidays around a plethora of different issues. And, um, I think it'd be great great if we can just start with maybe talking about what boundaries are, what they sound like, when to implement them. Um, and I know sometimes people can feel like boundaries are manipulative or their feelings get hurt when we put out a boundary. And sometimes that can be around how we go about putting out the boundary. Um, but also um, it could be totally unrelated as well. So the first question that you kind of asked is what are they and what do they sound like? Any takers? I would say for boundaries, boundaries are basically the guidelines of how you want people to treat you, how you want people to interact with you um, and how you plan to interact with other people and with others around you. Um, boundaries are not necessarily a two-way street that just because there is a boundary that you set for yourself doesn't mean that someone else is going to set it for themselves. And boundaries are very individual. So to me, um, having a boundary in place specifically around, um, this time of year might look like that you're going to say, um, yes to the holiday parties during the weekends, but you might say no to dinner with friends during the week so that you don't feel burned out. Does that mean that you don't care about the individual time with your friends? No, just means that, you know, you're going to have stretched yourself out, um, with your social capacity over the weekend. So you're going to save that up, um, throughout the week. And a, a friend might feel very differently and feel that they can do all of the things, go to all of the events, the dinners, the parties, the whatever. Um, and that's fine. Their boundaries are going to look different than you. I think boundaries sound, um, like you standing up and advocating for yourself. And hopefully after some time um, and people recognizing what your boundaries are, they sound like them advocating for you um, so that you don't have to do it all the time. And basically saying, Hey, I know that this is a tough week for you. Um, I'm going to say no for you, because I know that you're probably feeling tired and you need rest. So I'm not even going to 
ask so that you don't feel like you have to say no kind of thing. I really like that. Um, Lex, you mentioned, you know, are they manipulative? What do you mean by that? And, you know, from what Amber was talking about, it sounds very nice. And, you know, you're being very thoughtful of the person, but what does it look like on the manipulation side? I think that sometimes uh, we can get the feedback that our boundaries are hurting someone uh, because it means that we cannot meet their expectations of us, you know, being there doing a particular thing, or they might find it disrespectful, um, especially in older generations. I think they find they can find boundaries oftentimes just very disrespectful when you say you can't talk to me that way, or no, I'm not coming to, you know, a Christmas uh, dinner or a play or something else. They get just very offended around that. And that really has to do with them and nothing to do with you whatsoever. And you can still, I think in those moments, it's really hard to hold your boundary and say, you know, I'm sorry that you're having this reaction but I still am not going to be able to come and just ending the sentence. It doesn't have to become a fight or an argument. And if it does, you can walk away. Um, And I think that's probably the most difficult part about making boundaries during this time of years, because especially family that has a lot of expectations that come from all different, you know, places, they can have a plethora of, oftentimes negative reactions, which make us feel like we need to bend, but that bending over the years is what has led us also to being hurt. And that, that needs to stop. That cycle has to stop. I completely agree. And I think the other thing with, if someone is telling you that your boundaries um, are inappropriate in some way, or you're going to miss out or whatever the case may be, I think being clued into, does that feel like manipulation to you? Does the guilt of, Oh, well, you're going to miss out and it's going to mean so much to grandma or to your niece or nephew or whoever. Um, if you miss out, they're going to be so sad. That's manipulation of your boundaries. You know, a no is a no end of story. Absolutely. So I've got a few scenarios based off of the polls from the stories um, that we took online a few weeks ago. And so, again, these are not real people, but they are real scenarios. And so scenario number one is talking about safe environment. Nikki just had a baby two weeks ago. Her family wants to have a large Christmas gathering like they always do, but COVID numbers are going back up and Nikki is afraid to take her baby out in public, even though it's just the family attending. What are some problems and solutions to this particular scenario that you see? Um, Well, I am a new mom, so I definitely can relate to this one on a very high level. Um, So I think for starters, the problems are just the idea of the baby getting sick. The baby's vulnerable, hasn't gotten any kind of vaccines or doesn't have a COVID vaccine available to them. Um, But on top of that, you know, having the question of where has everybody gone? And if people are traveling from out of state or out of the city and that kind of thing into one location, are they all being safe um, at the same level that you and your new family are being safe? Because with the new baby, I feel like the safety is a whole different level um, of hand washing and hand sanitizing and mask wearing and things like that. So I think those to me are the central problems of like, just how do you keep your baby safe? How do you keep yourself safe since you're the number one provider for your child? And for this person, Nikki is potentially concerned with, you know, if I get sick, who's going to take care of my baby? If my baby gets sick, you know, are we going to have to be in the hospital that kind of thing? Um, social media has shown kind of some of those little babies that have gotten COVID and it's very scary. Um, but you know, how do you take action? How do you talk to your family about this? I think the, the solutions are, um, maybe having a variety of things like, can everybody get tested? 
um, before traveling? And can we purchase some at-home test kits where we can do one more test before the actual event starts? Um, asking the family if they can all wear masks. And if, it, if not the whole time during the entire dinner or family event, um, but especially while they're holding the baby um, and having immediate contact with the baby is definitely one. Um, the other thing is that Nikki can also say that, no, that they, they don't feel comfortable going and with the baby being so new and fresh that they would prefer to stay home. Chances are she's probably tired. Um, so it's okay to say, we're going to skip being with the whole family this Christmas. And we're going to just have Christmas as our own family because they are a family um, on their own. And we'll zoom in, we'll have a zoom Christmas, um, something we were all familiar with last year. Um, and we'll connect that way. And that kind of thing. Um, Nikki can also recommend that instead of it being the whole family that they come over in smaller groups, if that meets her comfort level as well. But honestly, any person who just had a baby has all of the autonomy and authority to say, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, because you're not advocating just for yourself, you're advocating for your child. And I can't think of a more important time to advocate for a person's life than when they are an innocent little baby. Lex, do you have any input on that one? I mean, you're the mom, you know, like it's your call. And if you don't want to go, you can say no and knows a full sentence. And when you get um, feedback that's trying to, you know, push you, um, you can just say, no, I think this is the best call for my baby. It's what I'm comfortable with and that's it. And if you would raise your baby differently, that's fine. You have that right as the baby's parent to do that. And I have the right to do what I feel like is best for my child. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, we live in this country where they, they don't tell you how necessarily to, to raise kids in, in those different ways. We all get a choice in how we go about it. Um, and hopefully they would back off by that point, but <laughs> if they don't, then, um, you know, you don't have to keep replying. You don't have to keep talking. Uh, things will cool off. And I think people will accept things, even if they won't in the moment, eventually that they'll accept it and respect it. One would hope. Um, I've seen where people get offended that, you know, parents are not letting others hold their babies. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound quite right. There's an issue there. So just like they said, uh, stick to your guns. If, if, if you want to say no, say no and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second scenario is in regards to financial situations. Mark is a freelance copywriter. He gets paid by the project and can't afford to turn down work during the holidays, even though he needs a mental health break to clear his head. He has a hard time finding work-life balance. Mark knows that if he turns down work, he won't be able to give his kids the Christmas he feels that they deserve. What are your problems you see with this? And do you have any solutions? I feel like this is such a tough one because it's, it's very complex, right? Like Mark's not just trying to do it because he wants more money so that he can have a good Christmas or he can go on a vacation of some kind, but more so that he feels like his children deserve it. And I think oftentimes we're willing to stretch our boundaries, um, when it's for the sake of someone else, especially someone else that we very much so love and care about. Um, so I feel like this is a very complicated situation. Um, and I see, I see a number of problems in there. Um, I mean, I think part of the problem already is the fact that, you know, the work-life balance, um, in our country is not the best. We very much so are a very overworked society where we believe that, um, the amount of hours you work directly equates to your goodness as an employee, so to say. Um, and the research shows that that's not true, that you can actually be more productive in a four hour workday than you can in an eight hour one. Um, but 
I think that, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we're having. So for Mark, he is living a very common problem in that, but I think this other expectation of getting, getting your kids, the big Christmas too, is also something as well. And I would question Mark in some things of, you know, do your kids so much care about the Christmas gifts or that the time that they get to spend with you on that day, um, uninterrupted by work, uninterrupted by phone calls and text messages because it's a family focused day. Um, and so I think with that, it would be, what do the kids really love about that day? And I don't know that that's necessarily a solution in itself, but really challenging himself to look inward to what things, um, are meaningful that day. Is it the gifts that they're going to open and be excited about and probably break in a month or two, or is it the time that they're going to spend with him and I'm feeling that like uninterrupted time and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think maybe that having that refocus might help him to try to reframe how urgent and, um, how much pressure he's putting himself on to, to take on this extra job that he doesn't really feel like he has the space to do. Um, that's kind of my take on it. I guess if he feels like he has to do it, the next solution would be schedule yourself some time off as soon as the project is done in the new year. Um, so that you can have a time to catch your breath before jumping into the new season of winter and things. Yeah, I totally agree with what Amber said. And I think that I don't remember a single gift I ever got as a kid, but what I remember is traditions like making cookies and decorating them and, you know, setting something out for Santa. If if you do that, um, or, you know, like special meal, whether it's like cinnamon rolls in the morning, you know, there's all different types of things that like you can mark the day and it makes it a memory. Um, I don't think gifts really do that. I, even the bigger gifts, I probably got like, a, you know, a Barbie house or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't remember the day that I got that. I know that I had one. I don't remember the day I got it though. Um, and I think for me, what I'm hearing a lot in, in what Mark's saying is uh, a value issue, a, a worth, a worth issue. And that I don't think he's charging enough for his work probably. And so I would encourage him as a, you know, new year's thing or Christmas gift to himself, like meet with a coach. Um, because if you're working full time and you're trying to support a family and you are a professional with a lot of experience, sometimes it's, especially as a freelancer, when you're not working with other people, devalue yourself and not really see yourself very well and your value in the marketplace and so it's really important to every now and then just get reevaluated and you can't do that yourself. Like someone else has to look in and be like, no, actually you should be charging this, this, and this. And I have people I can, you know, refer to your business. Then he can take less work, be with his kids more, not just Christmas, but throughout the entire year. Um, and there wasn't a, this element necessarily in what he was saying, but if traveling is also a part of the equation when it comes to finances, um, I think it's completely okay to say, I can't afford it. Um, so we're not coming for Christmas. We'll come later in the year um, to visit when the flights aren't as expensive, when, you know, gas is down, whatever, whatever the, the reason being. Uh, finances is also a great excuse if you just don't want to go, if you don't want to participate in um, some traditions that no longer feel right and good to you or avoiding certain family members that'll be there for Christmas, but maybe without that gathering, they're not going to be there. So saying, you know, I can't afford it, but I will come right after the holidays, um, is a, is also a great solution without, if you're not ready to be completely and fully honest, um, with your family and approach some of those harder conversations of here's why I don't want to be around this person or, or here's what happened that really hurt me in some sort of way. That process is different for everyone. And the holidays might not be the right time to do that. You know, it might not feel right. And you don't have to rush it just because there's like this, like I'm supposed to get together with my family. So it's also a, a good opportunity to just 
you know, put it off until you're ready to actually have those conversations and, and face those things too. I really like the fact that you kind of touched on that scarcity mindset. That's something that I don't think entrepreneurs are taught unless they're working with a coach. And so you brought up a lot of really good points in that, that, you know, you don't have to work 80 hours a week. We don't have to do that. And that's not where your value comes from anyways. Mm -hmm. So let's just preach the whole sermon on that. (laughs) Um, We're going to go to scenario number four, and this is mental and emotional. Lee recently came out as non-binary. Their family is full of super evangelical conservative Christians whose love is conditional. Lee knows that if they attend their family's Christmas Eve gathering, they'll be told that they're living in sin and going to hell, and that will harm their mental health. But if they don't attend, they'll get lectured by their parents and gossiped about by the rest of the family. What are the problems and solutions you see from this one? I see so many problems. I think that, I mean, there's a million and one problems there, like no, you know, family should function in that way in such an unloving, non-accepting way. You can accept a person and not agree with them and their life choices. Um, You can still be loving towards them and make it, you know, not be necessarily accepting or not, um, you know, condoning everything, but not also making everything about their choices, their lifestyle, um, and having constant commentary or just like daggers, you know, (laughs) constantly coming across the room or dinner tables. And I'm saying environments like that are, um, incredibly unsafe. And I personally wouldn't put myself in it. Um, I personally would excuse myself until people can, um, act right. And if they can't, then they don't get to have a relationship with me. And that's a very sad thing and a very hard thing, but I don't feel that it is okay to consistently put yourself in an environment where people are devaluing you as a person saying you're only worth being here. If you fit in this particular box and you act in this particular way, Um, because they're just not seeing the world. They're not living in the world as it is. They're living in a complete and total fantasy. And until they're done with their their little fantasy and they're willing to like come to to real life as it is and um, have some conversations um, with you as a person and treat you like a person, then I wouldn't be around them personally. Mm -hmm. I... I tell my clients something, and I think Lexi, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I tell my clients something about, um, with their family that we oftentimes give family a free pass. Uh, they get to treat us any way they want to. They get to talk to us any way they want to, because, um, they are family. They have the title of mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, whoever. Right. And so we often feel like they're allowed to treat us or talk to us in a certain way, um, even if it is hurtful. And that's not true because at the end of the day, they are a human and you are a human. And um, we have choices in life that we can make of how we choose to treat other humans. And just because somebody wears the title of mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or whoever, they don't um, have to treat you any kind of way other than with love, care, and respect. And if that other human who wears that title of mom or dad or whoever cannot treat you with love and respect and kindness, then they don't have permission by you to be in your life. And so it is okay to tell your family and for this person, for Lee to say to their family, I am not comfortable coming because I don't feel that I will be respected and treated with kindness. And even if there is disapproval of who I am as a human being, um, I don't feel that I'm going to sign up my sign myself up for this, 
you know, bash fest, I'm not going to do it. Um, and so if you guys want to make an effort, um, to treat me with kindness and respect and love, then I will be more than willing to attend. But if that cannot happen and it is not going to happen, then no, thank you. Um, I think the other thing is that this isn't just a one-time thing. This is something that you can carry on throughout the year that family doesn't get to pick and choose when they're going to be kind and nice to you that if they say, okay, we'll agree to this during Christmas so that we don't disrupt the event and that kind of thing, that that's the attitude that needs to carry on after Christmas every single day. There's never an opportunity for them to then come in and treat you some kind of way. Um, and they don't get a free pass. And if they start to bring up the things that they find to be horrible about you or whatever, even though that's so unfair, right. Um, then, then you have the right to say, I will not be treated this way. I will not, I will not allow you to make me feel any other way than a kind, respected, loved human. Um, I think the other solution is while I feel like we very much so go to our families of origin during the, the holiday time, because that's kind of like, that's what you do and everything. Um, oftentimes the families that we create out of our friendships, out of our coworkers, out of our other loved ones, um, those are the families we feel safe in because we got to choose them and be intentional about what their position is in our life. Um, and so if Christmas is triggering because the super conservative family is not going to accept you celebrate Christmas with the family you chose, um, where you do feel like a love and respected human. Um, you, you don't have to endure it. You just don't. And if your family's going to gossip about you, I think that says a lot more about them than it does you that they, they have, they would rather talk about you behind your back than to confront you and talk to you to your face, to ask questions for understanding that says a lot about who they are. Yes, absolutely. Gray's anatomy said it best. Your friends are the family you choose Mm -hmm. and, uh, definitely find your tribe and stick with them because, Hopefully they will not treat you that way. The other thing is, I think that conservative Christians tend to forget that gossip is a sin as well, mm-hmm. but that's none of my business. We're going to move on to the final scenario. And this is the one that really kind of carries the trigger warning. So um, just, I guess, brace yourself. This one is dealing with past trauma. Lucy was sexually abused by her uncle as a child, and while she reported it to her parents, they never acknowledged it or did anything about it. She doesn't feel safe physically or emotionally to attend, but her family thinks that it's in the past and they need to move forward. Many problems with this one. What do you guys think? What solutions do you have for her? Um, so I think this brings right back to the point that we were bringing before about you don't get to, you don't have to allow family to treat you any kind of way just because they wear a title. Um, so I just want to start with that is that the people who are saying it's in the past and we just need to move forward. That's dismissive. Um, that does not acknowledge that something real and traumatic happened to you. Um, the fact that it wasn't acknowledged as a child already is a crime in itself. That is child abuse and neglect. Um, not just in my opinion, but in the legal sense. Um, but on top of that right now, um, I think it's a travesty to, to just say it's in the past, just move forward. Just, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, because that basically acknowledges that, they don't believe you or that they don't find truth and weight in what you went through. Um, and whether it's because of their own embarrassment or their own concern for not trying to stir the pot of drama, it's unnecessary and it's, it's not okay. Um, it's never okay. So I think that's a problem in itself. The fact that this family member continues to be invited to family events. I know it's very common that this happens. Um, I've had clients who have, who have reported, 
traumatic things that have happened and said, I still have to withstand being in the presence of that person because that's, you know, my mom's brother, that's my dad's, you know, best friend, whatever, however you want to say this person is. Um, but again, you have a choice to say, I'm not going to attend this event because I don't feel emotionally or physically safe. Um, but I also think that if you feel that it's not fair to you to miss out on something because this person has come, um, I would recommend having somebody that you know is there that you can trust that is going to kind of be your guardian, so to say on an emotional and physical way, they're going to guarantee that that person does not come close to you in contact. That, that person is not talking with you. If that's not something you feel comfortable with, um, and that situations that might feel triggering for you are not brought up. Um, and that they would be, um, there to, to ask you like, let's leave the room. Let's go take a break. Let's go for a walk. Like that kind of thing. Um, if you don't feel confident to, um, bring that up on your own, right away. If that's a significant other, great. If it's a friend, great. Bring a friend to Christmas. Um, if that's not something that you have in your arsenal and you don't have that in your family either. Um, I think being able to just say, I simply cannot attend. And again, going back to that, who are the friends that you have made your family? Um, if that's where you feel safe and loved, that's where you need to be. Yeah, I, um, this, this one like really hits home for me personally. Um, and I think here's, I think here's how, you know, it's time to maybe take a break from the family holiday things is if you deal with more dissociation, intense, um, anxiety, panic attacks, or, um, like a, a really bad bout of depression right before, during the event or after that's indicative that what you're doing is harmful. Um, and just consider yourself, consider taking care of yourself. Um, it's hard because in these environments, typically it's not, you're not taking care of. Um, it's not, it's not typically communicated that you matter. Um, and even if the situation is not in the extreme, like this scenario is, but maybe it was emotional neglect or physical neglect over a long period of time, or, um, it doesn't matter what the trauma is. If it hasn't, if it, if the family refuses to acknowledge that, um, there's they're going to continue to feel really unsafe and because they continue to betray you in some sort of way. And there's, there's just kind of unfinished business there and it's okay. Even if your trauma is not necessarily in the extreme, it doesn't make it not traumatic. If it was traumatic to you, it was a trauma period. If it's affected you and in your mental health, then it was a big deal. And, um, no one in your family is all of a sudden going to become your advocate. If they never have been, you have to be that for yourself and you have to decide what can I do and what can I not do? And if you simply just cannot do because it's been a hell of a year, two years <laughs> and your entire upbringing is a lot and maybe it's all coming forward now. Um, it's fine. And you don't have to explain yourself either. You can just say, I'm not, coming. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not coming. That's a full sentence. You don't owe anyone explanations and it's okay. If you need to, even if you have, if you spend the holiday alone, let's say you don't have friends and you don't have a friend group, um, set new traditions for yourself, do something fun for yourself. The way I look at holidays right now is that it's like a free vacation. It's free vacation time. <laughs> like no one's going to be calling me for work. Um, and so I'm going to use that time in ways that makes me happy and refreshes myself. I'm not going to spend it with people that are going to quite literally suck the life out of me and drain my energy further. Cause by the end of the year, the season is typically exponentially busy for everybody. So if you want to take it just to have 
the break and use the time, then do it. And I'm sorry, but like screw everyone else's feelings because they didn't give a shit about yours, Mm. your whole life. So they can endure a holiday without you and they will get over it. And if people want to guilt you about it and call and text and all these different things, um, just repeat yourself. That's it. Whatever you said the first time, just repeat yourself every single time someone wants to, you know, say something or don't respond at all. You don't have to respond to people. You don't have to answer their phone calls. Um, your life is yours to design and to take control of now as an adult. You don't have to keep living in that cycle. And I think the holidays is a really hard time to like establish some of these things um, for the first time. And it's going to feel harsh to you and to them. But if it's necessary for you to be healthy and you to be happy um, and you to have uh, peace and not be further traumatized and hurt, then that's what you have to do. Yes, that is 100% accurate. And my only input would be there is a block button on your phone. And so if, if you're worried that somebody's going to contact you and you don't want to talk to them, but you don't have the strength to not feel obligated, just press that little block button and it'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized that I have one more scenario I apparently skipped over in my notes. Um, and this one is in regards to traditions. Josh used to work at a church as the worship leader, but resigned his position when he realized that he was past the point of no return on his deconstruction journey. Every year, his family goes to the Christmas Eve production at their home church, but he's afraid that being in that environment again will trigger him. What problems do you see with this and what are your solutions? Hmm. Well, I think that he is the problems that he's having is potentially entering an environment that is potentially causing some some trauma for him, potentially um, causing him some feelings of anxiety and that kind of stuff. And I think Lexi just touched on this is, is you can say, no, I will not go. Um, And you can also be okay with, with not attending your family will be okay. If you don't attend, they'll survive. Um, and that kind of thing. But I think if it's a matter of, um, fear of what might happen, I think being okay with I'll, I'll conditionally go, um, to the event is okay. Um, I'll see how I feel when I enter the building. And if I'm not okay, I'm going to sit in the car until times are done, or I'm going to take a drive and you guys let me know when you're finished and I'll come back um, and pick you up. Those are all okay things to do. Um, He might be surprised that he's able to go in and feel different than how the anxiety is perceived before getting there. Or he might be confirmed the minute he pulls up to the church that, nope, I feel exactly right in my anxiety that this is just not for me. Um, But I think accepting um, that sometimes our gut is telling us exactly what we need to do and listening to our intuition, it's okay to listen to it, especially when it comes to a tradition. Um, Traditions are only traditions because we uphold them that way. Traditions can also be changed. Um, And so if it was tradition to always go to Christmas Eve service, and that needs to be shifted and changed because you're on a journey um, that has shifted your perspective change the tradition, go look at Christmas lights instead. Um, maybe go and feed the homeless. Like you, you can still do something that makes you feel good. Um, and, and is helping towards other people and doesn't have anything to do directly with the church. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And, uh, you know, no matter where you're at in your 
deconstruction journey, if you've landed in a particular place or you're on your way, you don't have to inform people and let them in on that um, at any point. And so if you're um, uncomfortable for a particular reason, uh, you don't owe an explanation ever. Like boundaries don't have to come with an explanation beyond I'm no longer comfortable with this. I'm not going. And if they ask why, um, you don't have to answer that question. Just because someone asks you a question, you don't actually have to answer it. You could say, I don't want to talk about that right now, maybe some other time. Um, and kind of push it back to a later date when it's not, you know, impeding on a particular, you know, time, place, event that is happening. And um, she also kind of touched on like cues of how to know like when your gut is speaking to you. And um, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the body keeps the score and just how um, our bodies are sometimes more in tune with our emotions and our needs than, than we are. If the topic is coming up and you feel nauseous and you, or you feel lightheaded or you get a headache or a migraine or some particular thing that happens, whether you know what that's attached to or not, it's a signal to you. And I, I would um, encourage you to sit with that and figure out what is the emotion that is attached to this feeling right now. If there's a heaviness in my chest, my stomach feels like butterflies. I can't feel my arms. Um, what is sitting with a minute and figuring out what is this and why is it there? And that will oftentimes lead you to your answer to the question or the invitation that you have around anything. This applies to like anything completely outside of holidays or um, whatever. And I think it's really important to listen to that because if you don't, oftentimes you end up getting hurt, um, whether that's emotionally or it can even be physically, it can lead to illness. And, and even to diseases later on, if you continuously put yourself in very stressful situations and you ignore your, your cues. Um, so, you know, take the opportunity to listen to that and um, don't push yourself into things that you're not comfortable with just to make other people happy. It's time to, you know, focus on you and building your life around what you want to and what you, where you're going to put your beliefs and how you want to express those beliefs and what feels right to you is not going to feel right to everyone. And it doesn't matter because it's your life and you only get one. And if you're living it for other people, you're going to consistently be disappointed and your mental health is not going to get any better. Absolutely. Um, this particular scenario kind of hits home for me um, as I've worked in churches my entire life. Um, and I think at some point, like they both just said, we have to learn how to prioritize our, our mental and emotional health above all else. Because if you're a parent and you're not prioritizing your mental and emotional health, then you're potentially harming your child as well. Um, you know, it's, it's not just about you, it's about your circle of influence. Um, and so specifically about the church, you know, up until about three months ago, I got triggered every time I walked in for about two years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like they said, you have to really pay attention to what's going on in your body and allow yourself the space to deal with those triggers. Um, allow yourself time to heal. That's the whole reason we're doing this conference is to give you tools to find healing so that hopefully you won't have to deal with these triggers much longer. Um, do you guys have any final words of wisdom, any golden nuggets that you would like to share with everybody listening and watching? Um, I think the only thing I would say is if, as you were listening to this, if there were moments where you were saying, I could never do that. I could never have the confidence to say that to my family. I could never have the confidence to 
um, stand up for myself and to put a boundary in place. I would challenge you to um, gift yourself the um, benefit of going to counseling and learning that skill. It is not one that everyone just inherently has of putting a boundary in place. It is not something that is an easy journey. It is, it takes work, takes practice. Um, and sometimes you just need somebody who is unbiased and who can just help you really kind of go through the, the events of your life with a fine tooth comb and a different perspective, um, to help you really kind of navigate what is preventing you from putting boundaries in place. What makes you feel like you can't stand up. You can't say those words. Um, because at the end of the day, you can, you are a strong person. Um, you have the strength within you. You just need to tap into it and find it. Um, and so I would encourage you to, um, find a therapist. And if you need help finding a therapist, um, I would recommend going on psychology today and you can narrow down, um, therapists in your area, no matter where you live, um, that would be able to meet your needs that can take your insurance or have in the the things that you need, the qualifiers you need, somebody who sees a specific demographic or someone who looks like you, or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever the thing that you feel like could hold you back from saying, I cannot go, I will not attend. I am going to hold true to my boundaries, put that aside. And in 2022, make an effort to go to therapy work through these things. So that next Christmas, you're not having to struggle through, how do I tell my family? I don't want to go to church because it makes me uncomfortable. How do I tell my family? I can't come to dinner because this thing that happened to me when I was a kid is triggering me every year during this time. How do I tell my family that I'm not comfortable with, um, coming around, you know, this specific event, don't face those questions another year, work them out, do the work in therapy so that this becomes an easy time of year where you're like, I already know what I'm going to say. And I'm good. You know, you don't have to carry this year's stuff, this year's junk into next year by yourself. You can have help with a counselor that you feel that is a good fit for you. And I will also say too, that the first counselor you meet, if it doesn't feel like a good fit, go get a different therapist. Don't be afraid to fire your therapist. And I say this as someone who is a therapist, it's not always going to be a good fit. You need to find somebody who has a good connection with you that you feel um, is going to have an understanding of your situation and show you empathy. Cause that's what you need in that therapy room. Not somebody who you're, who you're going to feel that you have to put on a show or is going to cast judgment on you. Um, so if it's not a good fit, move down the list and find someone else that is going to be a good fit. Snaps for that. <laughs> yes. All, all the therapy. And I'll add, if you are a very intelligent person and you find a therapist that, um, uh, isn't picking up on the ways that you're kind of like circling around the thing and like making, making a distraction, you know, like look over here. Um, probably not the right fit. If you've gone a couple sessions and you've not really touched like the thing or gotten close to it, then probably you're wasting your money. You, you just, you're wasting your money. This don't do that. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. And, um, I will just add again that no is a full sentence. Um, and, uh, we didn't really touch on inappropriate, disrespectful, or awkward things that, um, family members might say to you, you know, you might, it might be a situation where it could be politics. It could be just commentary about looks or food consumption or, um, something like that. And I would go ahead and have, take some time to prepare how you're going to respond. So if it's a particular person and there's notorious for it, um, think about, okay, I know they're probably going to bring up this political topic. Um, and I'm going to respond to that, or they're going to comment on this, whether it be for, uh, about me or somebody else, how, how am I going to address that? That was inappropriate. Please don't say that, or please don't comment on 
what I'm wearing or what I'm eating. Um, if it's, you know, there's, there's, I mean, there's a plethora of different, you know, responses that, that you can have. Um, but you can also just like shut it down say, you know, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Like, why don't we talk about something else and maybe prepare some suggestions of things that you know that that person would still be interested in talking about. You could just not respond to the the thing they say and swerve and, and add in one of those other things um, either way, just to try to, you know, not have a, a feud break out at a, at a family dinner function. But I just want to acknowledge that those are also really uncomfortable um, things and bound. I feel like boundaries in the moment are really hard it's like elite level boundary setting. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm not there. I have to think about it ahead of time and plan it and like write out like, okay, what am I going to say? And like, before I go in, I, I like go over them because I know it's going to happen. Um, and, and whether, you know, you're successful in your boundaries or not, if you make an attempt or if you even just think about this stuff and, consider yourself, whether you can implement it this time or next time, I'm still so proud of you. Like, it's really hard. Like it's really hard work to consider yourself and consider putting yourself first before other people that you love, that you love dearly, um, that you have, you know, a bond with, you might have connection with, um, it's difficult to feel like you're letting people down, um, but letting you down is even worse than that. So, um, be strong, uh, you can do it. And it is very, very important. And in the long term, will speak to yourself about your own worth and your own value. And that will translate into every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for all of your wisdom. I think that anybody out there watching or listening, they have so much that they can take in from this particular conversation topic. And like Amber said, like Lexi said, counseling is a wonderful thing. And they mentioned some really great resources. Go ahead and start looking it up. Let that be your new year, new you 2022. Ooh, that rhymes. Okay, so thank you for listening and watching. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Touchy Subjects podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects, or you can join the Facebook group, A Deconstructed Holiday, for more information on a deconstructed holiday virtual conference. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next time.